the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? We are back with the Paper Trails Podcast. This is episode eight of season two. Uh, we are super pumped uh, to, to be here with my guest, Javi, uh, QC Javi. If you guys don't know him, don't follow him. Go ahead and do it. Um, but um, super pumped to have him on, and uh, I will introduce him and let him tell you where we are, because this is going to be uh, another fun episode, something different. We'll have a little bit of a uh, short little jam session talking about Javi, his background, uh, how we got into the scene, the, the food scene, uh, as a photographer, as a um, an influencer of sorts. You know, he's really big into the, the soccer scenes, a lot of stuff with, you know, our uh, Charlotte FC soccer team coming up next year. I think next yeah. year, right? 2022. So, uh, first season uh, that we will have is next year, and so uh, excited. And then we're going to be trying some food. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Um, so, Javi, why don't we start off where are we at? Give us, give us some context because we reached out to you. We had a good conversation, and we said, you know what? Let's do something fun, something different. You know, Nick, have you tried, you know, this, this authentic <laughs> Mexican joint with tacos and I mean we we have the works coming and I said I have not been there and so a little tell us tell us where we're at so we're currently at Tacos El Nevado on Central Avenue which is one of my favorite places in all of Charlotte you know super authentic they to me they have the best tacos in Charlotte they have handmade tortillas and when you told me you've never been here before, I, I just knew this was the setting that I wanted to have. Done. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited for you to try it. Listen, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Before we get into the food, we'll do that here in a second. But, uh, Javi, give us give us a story, man. Give us how did you end up where you're at? I mean, like, give us a little context, a little background, because the cool thing is that you've had some pretty cool opportunities. Mm-hmm. Being in Charlotte for the last 20 years or so, yeah. growing up here. Um, you know, starting to, 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 you know, starting your photography gig uh, professionally the last couple of years, um, you know, obviously, you know, getting involved in the community, the restaurant scene. I mean, like, you've got to take in that angle. How did that even happen? Like, did, you know, so you give us context. Where are you from? Were you, were you born here in Charlotte? You know, give us, give us some context. So I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, it's one of the largest cities in Mexico. So I was blessed to be from there Um, and I came when I was really young I came when I was 10 been here since Uh, I've seen the transition from small town to the city that Charlotte is now and I I mean it's it's been a long time coming for me to be in this position because I feel like I've, I've man I've been working so hard in the last like five to six years trying to create content be a YouTuber. I think yeah. a lot of us kind of wanted that. Once YouTube started, yeah. you know, we all wanted to record and yeah. make content and yeah. have fun. Yeah. So initially I started recording a lot of like concerts, artists that would come from Latin America into Charlotte. Okay. I would always bring my camera and take photos, record, try to get photos with the artists and things like that. Yeah. And I was always in the background, okay. you know, so it was... I liked it at that point because I was very shy and I didn't like to talk sure. and I didn't like being in the spotlight. Um, and after doing that for so long and being involved, 
with the music scene, I was able to go to the Latin Grammys a few times. Okay. I was able to go to the Billboard Awards. What was that and like? It was super fun. It was an awesome experience. But the one thing I didn't like was being in the background always. So behind you know? the camera instead of... Yeah. Okay. okay. So three years ago, I made the decision to, to get in front of the camera okay. and to lose that... Um, that scary feeling, sure. especially because I'm, I'm very conscious about my voice, and for the longest time I hated it, right? And now I feel like people enjoy it and they like listening to me, sure. so I I do it more now for for my followers, uh, my community that I've built, and they don't mind it. And it's a part of me now, so I've embraced it, and now I'm in front of the camera. So in the last three years I've been super consistent with making sure that my content is personable, yeah. and I think that's what people really enjoy. Now, have you always been in photography? Have you always been in videography? Like, have you always said, or is that something that slowly you just had, to, you know, I don't know, like, mm -hmm. like what influenced you to even go down the path to even get a camera to start? Like, you know what I mean? How did that, how did that, how did that start? I feel like when I was little, um, coming into another country, my my mom had a video camera, right? Okay. That was like one of those things that whenever you're in Mexico, you can't afford. Yeah. And then once you're here and you, she was working, she was like, okay. One of her first purchases was a video camera. And we would play around with my brother. A lot of the time she wouldn't let us use it. Yeah. But whenever we could sneak it in, yeah. um, she would let us borrow it. And again, I always hated being on camera, yeah. but I would always grab it and record. Sure. So I feel like that's where my love started. Okay. And then with my love for music, because I'm also a musician, okay, I didn't know um, going into concerts, I always wanted to capture it so I could have something to, to remember. Okay. Um, and then it just kind of went on from there. I, start, I bought my first camera, I started taking photos, I started investing into it um, just to, to better the quality. How, how old were you when you started kind of investing in the better quality or you know, uh, probably like 17 okay probably like 17 when I actually bought my my first camera okay mm -hmm. right, so, you, so you've been for 12 13 years now you've been kind of you know having a camera working on yeah. it, honing your craft you know which which is is something people should really think about you know I, I feel like Javi in in um, I don't know man like maybe in our time you know seeing like you know perfect pictures seeing big followings people must have kind of quick but it takes time to get good at something. It's not like you yeah. picked up the camera two weeks ago and now you're taking amazing shots, mm -hmm. right? Like it was work and trying and like, you know what, that wasn't good, that angle wasn't good, I need a different lens. How can I afford that lens? Working hard to get, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, there was a lot, I'm sure, of that mm -hmm. that we're kind of skipping over, but you know, I think it's important for everybody to understand that's the process of becoming maybe a, a content creator, an influencer, for anybody out there that wants to do that. Right. For sure. Um, I, I would say that, you know, at the beginning, I thought it was super easy. So I would just snapshot uh, photos in automatic. Yeah. Then I would look at them and half of it would be blurry and <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention. And now I can't afford to have a blurry photo. So I had to learn and I had to invest time, you know. So people don't realize that it's not only snapping, clicking a button. Sometimes you actually got to think about the process to make sure that it comes out the way you would want it to be shown. And blurry is definitely never an option, you know, unless you're into that type of stuff. But yeah. whenever you're you're creating photos in a concert where it's like super dark and stuff like that, you kind of do need to learn how to use a camera. Yeah. And that's when I started learning. Yeah.
I would still be very basic with it because you know it now I take my time I take lights now I take uh, consideration on how the food looks yep. um, everything you know I, I have to be way more conscious about it I and and obviously there is kind of a uh, uh, a style that I like to use for my food content sure. so I've developed that over the years knowing how to shoot and how I want the food to look which is something for people to consider I mean if you're just now getting into the scene or you want to have your own content right mm -hmm. have a style have a way that you want to do yeah. something right think about that don't just be so you know I mean now you can be abstract and post whatever you want <laughs> but if you like to create a really big following like you know it's it's kind of like you know uh, for uh, all of our content at, you know for the the, the, the paper trails podcast and our album or all paper pages we have a certain voice like we have right. a certain uh, way kind of funny witty you know we're, we're, we're creating a personality off of a commodity product a to-go right. box or a cup you know what I mean and so um, I like that I like that so yeah. so the last three years you've taken things more full-time is that right yeah yeah for so, sure so with the establishment of my personal brand which is juicy hobby that's when I went full force with what I wanted to do, right? Uh -huh. So I remember there was an event two years ago called Level Up that happened at uh, Sofoc Punch where a lot of influencers met up, yeah. you know? And that day, I feel like marked a time where I needed to get serious with what I was doing. Okay. I went with a friend, we met up, we were hanging out with people that we already knew, but in my mind, I knew I wanted to step out of my comfort zone and reach out to other people. And I'll tell you, that day I was shaking hands, kissing babies, and people had no idea who I was. Yeah. After I had already collaborated with the Hornets, I had already done so much work with NASCAR Live Nation to where I couldn't understand why, right? Okay. And it clicked that it was because I was always behind the camera, mm. right? And that's when I took a step forward and for that whole month of April of 2018, people started reaching out to me and people started wanting to find out who I was. Yeah. And I, I didn't say no to any event, any restaurant opening or anything like that. So I also started creating a relationship with a lot of the local influencers here uh, and other photographers and just people who wanted to, to work with me, mm -hmm. right? And I took that uh, in consideration and I made it happen yeah. and then from that point my my personal page started growing a lot and I kind of let the other ones die die out a little okay, bit. Okay, so you have multiple pages. Oh yeah. Okay. I've, I've, had, I've had multiple platforms, okay. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I think that's also part of the process. Sure, I'm you're learning. Gone, I've gone through so many other platforms that I created yeah. that it was like trial and error. Sure. And now I'm a lot happier because I can be myself sure. with QC Hobby. Sure. Uh, and I think a lot of the time as a creator, you have to, you have to put yourself in those positions, right? 100%. Try everything that you know you like, see what is going to catch up, and then see which one is going to make you feel the happiest. 100%. Which, at this point, I'm the happiest doing this, you know, because I can be myself. Um, and it's a lot easier to be myself than to try to come up with other stuff that isn't related to me. I mean, even even as an, is it, that's the story of an entrepreneur. Like, real quick, you know, if you guys didn't know, IBM, we all know IBM as like a big consulting company now. IBM stands for International Business Machines. Okay, they started out making meat slicers, then they got into time cards, 
like time cards, clocking yeah, in. Yeah. Then they got into computers, computer parts, and now they're in consulting. So the reason I say that is that there's transitions in everything. Right? I mean, you know, what you do today may not be exactly what you may do two, five years from now. Right? And so I think trying that stuff is, is a great thing. And so um, so anyway, two of the things that you said that I really like. Number one, networking. Yeah. Right? Networking, meeting people, shaking hands. That's important. Relationships, meeting people in the community, meeting owners, restaurant owners, you know, that whole thing. I think that's super good. The other thing, um, gosh, what was it? You said something else that was good. Relationships. Anyway, it'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. So, like trial and error, trying trial different error. things. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It was something else that you said, but anyway. Now, question: um, Taking something from a hobby into something full time, right? Because a hobby can be fun, can be like cool, can be playful. You can do it when it's convenient. Yeah. Doing something full time professionally, it takes another level of commitment and seriousness. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, talk sure. about that for a quick second. You know, just talk about like because you know I think a lot of people would love to do what you do full time, mm -hmm. right? Have events, get asked to be on podcasts. I mean, this isn't your first podcast. People know you now in the community, but like you can't just take things like kind of like uh, playfully and expect to get people in your DMs asking you, you know what I mean, to do different events. So like. Talk about that a little bit, about you know the, the level of commitment and seriousness I mean, to go from a hobby and something cool that you do on the side to like, no, this is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so is that a mental switch? Is that a, uh, how, how, you know, I mean, because it's something like that event that you went to was the turning point. I, I think there's a lot that has to do with your mental state of mind yeah. in a way, you know, because yeah. you have to make that choice um, before that event, you know, I would put out my content, but it wasn't getting the traction because the right eyes weren't seeing it. And that, I feel like, makes people doubt themselves, you know? When I flipped the switch on after that event, it was like, oh no, now I need people to see me. So I was putting out content every day, and I made that commitment to my community and to the goals that I wanted, the, the goals I wanted to meet. So then at that point, it was very clear for me. I have 30 days, what do I want to do with that? Yeah. Okay, I'll go to all the events that I can, I'll shoot as much as I can, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure the quality is there, yeah. and then I'll start engaging, not only with my community, but with the, the people that I've met, yeah. right? So that allowed them to reshare me, allowed them to see my, in a way, the quality of work I was putting out yeah. and the reason why I had been in those positions before, you know? So that proved a point, yeah. and then that allowed people to see, oh, like, he's, he's actually kind of serious. So um, it, it, it's definitely a decision-making uh, scenario. You know, you have to make that choice. I'm, I'm sure as an entrepreneur, yeah. there was a time where you wanted to create your business, and you're like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And you did a little bit of research. You started implementing things. But until you decided to take it serious, that's when good things started to happen. Um, and luckily for me, it, it happened here in Charlotte because for the longest time, I wanted to go to another city. I wanted to be in LA and New York and Miami and all these places where I felt that I could make something happen. Yeah. And you know, at that event, I was told not to do that because Charlotte was about to 
blow up and it was about to grow and there was going to be so many opportunities and I was like okay I'll, I'll give it a few months um, but at the end of the day it all came from my hard work because I'm telling you I've worked super super hard and it's been seven years coming in you know the trial and error part of it um, so it's not an easy thing but it is definitely something that once you're dedicated sure. to your goals that's when you're going to be able to make a difference and I think that's the most important part. I love that. I love that commitment, hard work, uh, focus, uh, you know, making that mental click, decision making. These are all, um, and, and I, I thought about what you said before that I was going to say. It's you said yes to everything. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of how I am now with clients. They're like, uh, hey, uh, I need something. Uh, is there any way possible? Yes. You know, can you look? Yes. Can you find a different uh, uh, dish? We want an eco-friendly oval platter. Yes, I will figure out. I will figure out how to to do something to help your business out. Because if your business does well, my business does well, and you'll know that I'm going to come through and pull through, and then you'll depend on me, and then I'm your guy. Correct. Right. And so um, I like that. I like that. Um, and so that's. Good, good little backstory. And just so you guys know, we're, you know, we're at the restaurant now. It's about to be lunchtime. The food's about to come out, and so you know, forgive all the noises. You know, we're, it's it's all good. Um, but let's transition into into some soccer. Okay. Okay. So I'm assuming you grew up soccer fan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So who who's your team? Who do you pull for? You know, who who do you like? So I follow a lot of the Mexican league, sure. and being from Guadalajara, okay. they have one of the. I mean, the best team, right? Okay. I gotta say it's the best team. Uh, Las Chivas, which okay. have won like 12 titles yeah. uh, growing up. That's that's the one thing that I felt as a kid, I brought in with me, sure. right? Because yeah. I was still a fan. I got to play soccer here growing up in middle school and high school. And then after that, you know, I, I was just very interested in watching it okay. and keeping up with it. Yep. Um, but yeah, Las Chivas is my, my team, and now now obviously I'm, I'm rooting hard for Charlotte FC. How cool is it that we actually are getting an MLS? I mean, seeing where Charlotte came from, and now seeing the world, I mean, we've got football now. We've got, you know, we got, you know, lower level baseball with the Charlotte Knights. You know, we have, you know, basketball with the Hornets. And now we have an MLS team. I don't know, like, I don't know, to me, I, I even feel like, the underground. I have a lot of friends that love soccer and love Charlotte FC, and you know, um, I think the 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 support that they're gonna have from the community is gonna be massive. I mean, I I mean, you probably know it better than I do because you've already worked with them and you've done different things with them. What is it like ha having a team coming in next year? I mean, what are you seeing being kind of in it a little bit, working with the team? You know, are they, I mean, are they excited? Are they are they taking it serious? I mean, what what? Give us some context for people that may not follow soccer on how important it is and, and, and what's happening here in the next year. I mean, I think it came at the best time, right? Because Charlotte is growing so much and it's so diverse. And at the end of the day, people not only in Latin America but also people that are coming from Asia or from Europe, they love soccer. Hundred percent. Right. 100%. So. Soccer is like a, like a world revolution on the sports scene. Um, Number one sport in the world. Correct. Number one. Correct. So in order for us, or the way we got a team, you know, just 
show the significance of Charlotte overall and how much it's growing and the potential that it's going to have. So for us to have that franchise here uh, of a major league soccer team, I think it's it's huge. Um, years before, you know, they would bring international soccer games to Bank of America. Yep. And I feel like at the beginning, they didn't realize the the fandom yeah. that was going to be involved with those games. Yeah. And I mean, especially for the Mexico, yeah. uh, the Mexico national team, sure. you know, those were like sold out soccer games. 100%. And tailgating and just everything that was happening was way more in a way that I feel the city could handle at the time. And they've made improvements, they've made arrangements to where now they, they are on top of it with everything that they're doing to the stadium and just the branding and I mean, I take it super personal because before we knew we were gonna get a team, I was raving about getting a team, right? So there was a campaign like way before when there were MLS talks and things like that, that like commissioners were coming into Charlotte and kind of scoping the area and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I'd have a banner. I'd I have things saying MLS to Charlotte. Uh, for so you were you were two out front. three years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before any of that. So once the news started coming out, I knew I wanted to be like right in, there. In the mix. And and that's kind of how I landed myself to these collaborations with them because from the beginning and even the um, announcement event, I was there. Right little QC hobby yeah. um, was there and I was super involved just with all the news that were happening and I, I was fortunate enough to when they announced the color um, the crest and the actual name that they reached out to me nice. to let let people know about it nice. so that was huge um, but yeah I mean I, I love it I'm super excited for 2022. That's awesome. Now, I, I know we've signed a couple of players. I mean, what, yeah. you know, is that, is, is there a coach yet or not yet? I, There's not a coach yet. Okay, so we're There's still looking for a coach, still putting the squad together. Yeah. Uh, when does the season start? Next um, next year, you know when next year? It should be around March or April of next yeah, year. Yeah, the season actually just started for this year. Okay. Um, so 2022 around this time. Gotcha. So we're about, about a year away, yeah. finalizing the details, get, getting the rest of the squad together. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I like outside looking in, just being a fan, and I mean, and just like you said, so smart. I don't know who is it that the MLS is involved in bringing these. I mean, I remember seeing Liverpool a couple of times come here yeah. to Charlotte. I mean, I, I remember coming to the games because my family, you know, my, my, my brothers are you know huge Arsenal fans, uh, uh, Madrid fans, Juventus fans. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, so, I mean, I, I played it, you know, I don't follow it as much as they do, but I would come to all the games with them. But um, just the outside looking in, I'm like, you know what, there, it, it feels like, a, like an underswell of a lot of momentum and like excitement and energy for the team coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait. And another thing I would say be, before we move on yeah, is that I feel like so many people didn't feel represented with the other teams that are in Charlotte, you know? Whether it was the Panthers or the Hornets, yeah. those are two different sports that people in other countries may not follow as much. 100%. Now that we actually have a soccer team that we get to see from the ground up, man, I just feel that people are going to just fall in love with the team. They're going to rock super hard with them because soccer fans are very vested 100%. into the team. Crazy. So we are, we are I don't <laughs> think that's, that's happened with any of the other teams, no. and that's going to make a huge difference. No, and, and the other thing that I love about sports and especially soccer, it's like 
literally such a melting pot of every different background, every different person. I mean, Italians, Greeks, oh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, people from from Germany, England, you know, uh, Honduras, Mexico, you know, everybody. it's like everybody in Argentinians. We are so vested in into these games. Um, it's just really cool to see what it's going to do for the community, for Charlotte, the city, the growth, the business. You know, I mean, just just to just to tell you a little bit about when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you know, 15, 16, um, we were just entering the Charlotte scene as far as my, my, my paper company. Okay. And, you know, it's so interesting, Javi, that our business grew. I saw bartenders and waitresses and, and owners making more money. And it's like, it's so interesting to see how much effect a sports team can have on a community. It brings so much more business and money where people all are flourishing and having fun at the same time. I don't know. I think it's, um, you know, I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. And so, um, so cool. All right. So anything, uh, anything else we want to cover before maybe we dive into some food? Uh, so Charlotte FC, your background, you know, uh, your, 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 your content, how you started. Um, I think, I think that's good. Ready, ready to dive into some food? Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll be right back with you guys. <laughs> Give us a couple seconds to get the food out. All right, guys, we are back for part two of episode eight with Javi. Um, Javi, what do we got here, brother? What, what, explain, <laughs> uh, you know, well, we got more food coming, but what is happening right now? What do we have in front of us? Give us some context. So I I told you I love the tacos here. So we, we definitely had to order some okay. and get you tasting they're, they're tortillas, because I'm telling you, you're going to fall in love with that. Which, so, which, which is just, just to, to create some context, a lot of people don't make, right? So, like, they, they, yeah. they, they hand make their tortillas? They hand make the tortillas here, yeah. Which a lot of people don't do that. No, a lot of restaurants don't. They a usually lot of purchase them or get them ordered. And, and, and the reason why, I mean, like, listen, it's, I get it. People, go, you go through so many. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is literally laborsome to make a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. from scratch. I mean, you were telling me the, the, the chorizo. is They make the chorizo here also. So, anyway, I, I'm I'm salivating right now. I, like, we're bringing the food out, and I'm like, okay, let's go into our part two. Mm -hmm. You know, so, anyway, tell, tell us what's happening here. What are we at? So, look, there's some tacos here. These are some flautas, which are, like, fried-up tacos. And okay. then... Because of the authenticity of Tacos El Nevado, I, you just had to try the Tlayuda. So Tlayuda is a very famous Oaxacan uh, dish, which Oaxaca is another city in Mexico, okay. uh, where the owners are from. So okay. they wanted to bring some of their roots into their restaurant so people could try it. And it's one of their like best-selling dishes here. Okay. So it's considered the Mexican pizza, okay. which is a thin, Large tortilla, which also gets exported. So the Tlayuda tortilla, they actually don't make it here. Okay. It comes straight from Oaxaca. Okay. Um, the cheese that's on it, it's called quesillo, which is also exported from Mexico. Okay. They don't make it here. So, so this is authentic. It, this is super authentic. Um, it's got beans on it. It's got this um, like sweet, not necessarily sweet, but this buttery coat. On top of it, uh -huh. then they have cabbage, the cheese, it'll have tomato, avocado, and then they'll you can either make it with steak or chorizo or get a mixture of both. Okay. Right? So you'll cut it up and you put salsa, lime, and kind of eat it like a taco. Okay. But the crunchiness of the tortilla is just gonna be a little bit different. 
and then the mixture of the the cheese yeah. is also gonna make it a little bit just unique. So that so so that if I was at your abuela's house in uh, in Mexico, we yeah. might we might have something like this. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. And people love coming here just because of Tlayuda. So Tlayuda. not only are their tacos to me the best, but their Tlayuda, I'm telling you, it's a very unique di dish that not a I don't think any other restaurant in Charlotte offers it. Okay. So. People who know this location or people who want something really authentic, definitely come get that. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's Ready? go ahead and start. Yeah. So we're, um, just cut this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is a little favorite spot of yours, isn't it? Oh yeah. I love coming here. Like no joke, probably once a week I'm here. Love it. And when people come visit, I bring them here. I mean, we, we, we were talking back and forth, and he's like, you know, have, have you been here? And I'm like, no. He's like, well, listen, this is where we got to go. I think it's a little, a little difficult to cut. Yeah. All right, let's try a little of the chorizo. So while you do that, I'm going to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Do what you got to do, brother. So, so what kind of tacos we got here? So we got some asada tacos, some chick, chicken tacos, and I ordered a chorizo one. Um, because I didn't know if you liked it, so sure. I wanted you to try it, but... Let's do it. You got chorizo over there, so you must, you must know a little bit about it. Yep. Yeah, man, it's so, uh, it's so awesome. I think, like, trying different kinds of foods tells a lot about a culture, a background, like, a, yeah. you know, a people, like, you know, you know, my, my family is Greek, and so, you know, our, our palate is more olive oil, lemon, vinegar... Ah. You know, that's kind of, you know, the base. And so it's it's interesting. In Central America, it's, you know, peppers, spice. I mean, it's like it's, it's yeah. so interesting how, you know, we're all different and our palates <laughs> are different and we grow up, you know. So. And that's why I think Charlotte is so cool because we have a little bit, I feel like, of everything. And people take ownership of their cultures and they want to share it with the people, 100%. right? So I feel like you can find at least one very good Greek restaurant here. Sure. Or one very good authentic Mexican restaurant. Sure. And they, they, they add value to the city. Um, 100%. I they agree. Keep it, they keep it original and they don't try to accommodate to anything. Which and was one of the goals of this restaurant, right? Yeah. Keep it authentic. Keep it to the roots of mm -hmm. where they came from. Okay. So, you want to grab one? Yes. I'll grab this one. Alright. Well, I guess I'll just grab it. <laughs> and like I said, you, you probably want to put some sauce on it, All right. some lime. Let's put a little sauce and lime on it. And we love lime. We put lime on everything. I'm, see, I'm down with lime because I mean, I, I grew, yes, because I grew, <laughs> I mean, bro, like in, in Greece, we put lemon on everything. Yeah. Everything. Vinegar, lemon, that, that acidic. All right, brother. You know what? Right. I'm gonna use this as like my plate. Yeah, that's why I put it over. Here. All right, let's try it. You ready? Awesome. You getting this? <laughs> All right, so we got a little uh, chorizo and a little steak, huh? Yeah. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Bro, that's so good. This is the sauce. This is the medium, mm -hmm. medium sauce. Medium hotness. 
Oh my god. You know what? You know what? The lime sets it off, doesn't it? I think the flavors of the chorizo, the beans, the crunchiness, right? Of the tortilla. Yep. But honestly, I think the lime, the lime does it. Putting a little lime on it, guys. The secret sauce is the lime. Just so you guys know. What's your favorite dish that your mom? For your grandma, is there anything that you just love that, like, you're just like, mom, you, you know, for certain? Uh... So I think in Mexico, around the holidays, there's always food that's only made around that time, right? Uh -huh. So there's this kind of soup called pozole. Uh -huh. That to me is my favorite. So pozole has how many? Um, I guess seeds. And uh, it'll have pork or chicken, and it's kind of just like a soup that's really warm. You put some spicy sauce on it, some lime, and it's like the best thing that you you can have. And during the holidays, it's it's made in everybody's grandma's house. Okay. Grandma has the the secret recipe. And then the other thing would be tamales. Are you familiar with tamales? So tamales is a corn-based like patty. Okay that gets cooked inside a corn husk um and it's just like a beef patty and then they'll put meat inside of it and yeah. it's just super super good um usually made around the holidays it'll have either veggies inside or meats and it's just incredible i love that <laughs> i love that have you tried the tacos uh, yet not yet not yet about so, all right so the chorizo is super good you can tell it's it's like, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like my grandma's maybe like meat sauce. Like it, you could tell it's made, mm -hmm. it's not just store bought. Mm -hmm. It's got a little spicy, but like nothing crazy. I mean, it's, you no. know, it's very, you know, now when I say spicy, I'm talking about spicy like in European terms, not, uh, you know, <laughs> Central American terms. Okay, so let's try the tacos. And this is the asada. Yep. Put some sauce, some lime. And then here you'll be able to taste how soft that tortilla is. And it's just gonna be. I can already. Uh, you can already tell how soft it is. You're just holding it. So good. So good. <laughs> what is your go-to dish at a restaurant? Do you have any like go-tos that you always? You always get like a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, like when you go, is there anything that you always, or do you change it up? I mean, what what is your? Uh... Mm. So if they offer a breaded chicken, that's my go-to dish. Okay. Um, and not a lot of restaurants would offer it, but it's one of my favorite dishes overall. Um, I, my mom used to make it, so I feel like I've grown loving it. And then when I find it at a restaurant, if it's not tacos that I'm getting because I love the tacos there, I'll look for the breaded chicken. Nice. Um, so that's kind of like my go-to one. I love it. You, you can, it's freaking great, man. I mean, this is amazing. It really <laughs> is. I'm not just saying that. The meat is so tender. The tortilla is so soft. And it's very light. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, um, it's soft, it's light. Look, you could eat twenty of these because it's so. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't fill you up like a like a traditional bread. Mm -hmm. You know, like a, I don't know when you go to a 
I feel like a Greek house. It's like bread, feta cheese, you know, tomato cucumber salad, mm -hmm. you know. But the bread fills you up, you know, so I'm gonna try some of the chicken. So we got a little, little foil here. This chicken? This chicken. Mm -hmm. What do you think, bro? How is it good? Oh, I love it. I'm having the best time of my life. Going back to the tortilla, Go ahead. the reason why it's so light is because they make it here. They don't need to preserve it and make it thicker Makes like sense. they would when they when they sell it to a store, right? Or package it up. Do you know the process of making the tortilla? Like, do you know like how long it will take? I mean, do you have any idea? Or no? I mean, I'm not an expert sure. on it, but here they, they'll make the masa, which is kind of like the, the corn base. I don't know because they're made out of corn right so they'll they'll make the masa they'll flatten it out and then they'll cook it for like 15 30 seconds and so it starts like expanding and then that's how they know that it's ready and then they just start serving it up you can see they usually have two ladies in the back uh -huh. who are back there either on a machine or just by hand making the tortillas and it's like a constant that like that's their only job they're turning tortillas the whole time. I love that. Is there a big difference between food from Mexico to El Salvador to Honduras? Mm -hmm. I mean, is there, you know, what 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 different? Like, you know, can you tell if you see a couple of dishes like, yo, this is from Mexico or Honduras or you know Puerto Rico? Like, you know, I don't know. Is there? I mean, I, I don't know anything about that. I was just curious mm -hmm. to see like if somebody can tell, or is there a style difference or a flavor profile? I think each country in Latin America has their own like traditional dish that they're known for, huh? right? Which, for example, most people will know tacos are Mexican. Okay. Um, people from Salvador eat pupusas, which okay. is also like a corn-based uh, patty in a way. Okay. And it'll have cheese and chicharron maybe inside of it. Okay. And then you put cabbage, like this cabbage slaw on top of it uh, and some tomato sauce. Okay. And they they love it. Uh, it's actually super super good. People from Venezuela, Colombia will have something that's also corn based, but it's like a like an arepa. It's called an arepa, and you know a lot of it. A lot of different countries will use corn based things. Okay. Corn is very prevalent in Latin America, so they'll make tortillas, they'll make patties, they'll make something like the um, the sopes or gorditas. I mean, anything with corn, they'll make a patty, or you eat it with your rice, excuse me, your rice and beans. Mm -hmm. And then the difference will come in the variations of how they make it. Gotcha. You know? So but same foundational stuff, same foundational like, ingredients, mm -hmm. but it's just made a little different. Correct. And, and I think it goes back to like the Mayan influence or the Aztec influence in those countries that they have like native people who just use corn so much. Uh, I think in Mexico, especially in Oaxaca, there's like 300 types of corn. What? That you wouldn't think. And that's why they make so many things. There's like black corn, purple corn, yellow corn, and they just make different different things with it. I think they actually sell black corn here. No kidding. And they make tortillas out of black corn. And it's a, there's a taste difference. What is the taste? I mean, what's, what's um, the difference? I, I feel like it's, it tastes more like corn. I don't know if I can describe it. Yeah, um, you gotta just try it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you, you you really just need to because 
Um, I feel like tortillas, especially these, have a very subtle taste, right? The meat and the toppings are what makes it like super good. Gotcha. That corn, you actually can taste the tortilla. Okay. And that's where the difference comes in. It, like it actually tastes very corny. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. I see you like the tlayuda. You got another Dude, piece. I freaking, so. I freaking love it. The steak one was so it's so tender. The steak is super good. Very tender. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought it would have been a little bit chewier, but it's not. It kind of fall. It falls. You know. Yeah. So let's uh, let's try one of these. Uh, what is this right so here? So these are flautas. They'll have chicken inside of it. Okay. Uh, so you would want to grab, grab, grab one, and you would put sauce, and then just sauce. take a bite. I love avocado. With the raw avocado. Do you? Yes. You, you, you like avocado? <laughs> I love no? avocado. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow, that is super good. I really like this. Like my favorite, good. I think, so far. I don't know why. I think maybe the crunch of the, maybe the, the shell? I don't know why. It could be the chicken because it's a different type of chicken, right? So the chicken in the taco is like grilled. This one is like shredded, like shredded chicken. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, the cream, the lettuce, the salsa, it's just a perfect dish. Come on, oh. Very good. And see, that's why I enjoy what I do. Uh-huh. Because I'll usually bring someone to help me create content or anything. Yeah. And just being able to share these types of experiences I love it, dude. just fulfill my my life, you know? So that's why I decided to continue just creating food content because it's such an experience, especially when I get to share my culture I love through food. And I it's like, there's nothing more gratifying than that. So it's just so awesome how like our backgrounds, our cultures, I mean, like we're, <laughs> you know, European, you know, Central American, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, from Mexico, my family's from Greece. And like just you know how we grew up, how our moms cook, everything, and like now we're just sitting here sharing dishes and just talking about them and enjoy. I mean, that's awesome. I love that. That was really good. That was I. That was very good. Is is it the same? Is the same tortilla used here or here? Because I want to say maybe tastes a little different too. I'm not sure. It's completely different. It tastes different. Like you can tell the, mm-hmm. the profile is different. I feel like this one would be similar to the uh, tacos tortilla. Okay. And then because it's fried, then it changes the, the corn taste from it. Gotcha. I like it. But it is really good. And it's the chicken great. tastes good. Huh? It is. I honestly, I I think I prefer the shredded. I think it, I don't know, maybe because maybe it's a little softer. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like the, the taste of it, I mean, it's all good. I guess let's try the sopas and then uh, maybe we'll call it sopes. Sopes, lo siento. <laughs> All right. And that's another thing. I I will correct you if you say something wrong, just because I want to make sure that you bro. This looks able to say so, it. Are we gonna get a shot of this right now? Like this looks so good right here. You know what it? You know what the? Is this called a tortilla? The bottom? Mm-mm. What is this? 
called a sope. Oh, okay, so so this is called a sope too? Okay. This reminds me of like uh, the, the, the pita that we use for the gyros. Okay, yeah. And just, you know, throw a little Greek in there. It's called gyro, not gyro. It's gyro. It's with, the, it's with you know. So it's, not, it's not javi. It's javi. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for throwing that out there. So if you guys are looking him up, QC Javi. It's not with an H. It's, it's with a J. J. But it's spelled, it's, uh, it's pronounced javi. So go ahead. You were so saying. It is made with the corn that they use for the tortillas. Okay. Then they fry it. But it's got beans mixed in it. Oh, inside of here. Inside of it. You won't taste it. It's just part of the 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 cornmeal, I guess. Yeah. And then they'll put the uh, the steak, the lettuce, and that. It may taste a little bit like the flautas, but even then, it's still gonna be different. Awesome, you get this, bro. This is this is <laughs> fire right here. Like uh, this looks like a little mini. This looks like a little piece of heaven right here. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little. <laughs> So good. So good. Awesome, you get this. <laughs> I love this one. Mm -hmm. I really like this one. Yeah, you can't even taste any beans in here. Mm -mm. But it doesn't taste like the tortilla and the taco. It has a very different taste than all of all of them actually now. But it's all got the same taste. Well, grab one now. I think so. I'm, I'm debating if I want the chicken one or the steak one. I'm gonna grab the steak one just because you're enjoying it so much that I, I, I want to feel the same. This is really good, actually. Mm -hmm. So would somebody like buy this and split it or just like a meal? So um, no. Well, you can order individuals or you can order the order, which comes with three. And because you can change the toppings of it, one person would just get an order of three and switch the topping. Gotcha. So in your first bite, you didn't put any sauce on it. No, I didn't. Honestly, so. I, didn't. I, I saw the limes afterwards and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, you can't forget. This is for It's essential. That was a sin. I apologize. Hispanic community, I apologize. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. The lime and the sauce changes the profile so much, mm -hmm. right? It is really good, bro. This was <laughs> this was next level. I'm I'm like kind of a go. If I order the same thing every time, let me get a, a chicken quesadilla and call it a day, mm -hmm. or I'll just go pollo or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that. But this is really good. Um, and honestly, not even that spicy. I, I was afraid it would be like really hot or spicy. It was, it was great. The flavors, the profiles. I think it was good. So I think, I think we needed to go box. Thankfully, we got Albemarle paper in the house serving up to go boxes. <laughs> Shameless plug. What I would um, say, if you wanted to get a little bit different taste uh -huh. and maybe a little bit of spicy, uh -huh. definitely try this one. It's not super spicy, uh -huh. and it will. It's not that obnoxious type of spice. It'll just be a little bit of tangly. Do you like spicy food? I do. Like, I do. Like, like this no, kind not, of spicy or like super crazy? crazy. Okay. Because mm -hmm. some people like the, the crazy, crazy uh -huh. hot stuff. So you know how? Because I, I saw a part of Kenty's interview. Mm -hmm. Kenty loves that type of obnoxious, Doesn't spicy. He? 
one time we did a spicy ramen challenge. Okay. And man, my I was crying. I was crying, and he he, he was feeling it, but he handled it so well, and he finished quick. See, that's it. Uh, he finished all his ramen. It took me like 20, 30 minutes <laughs> to even try to finish it because honestly, I was crying, and it was I hot. never I never want to be involved with any of those challenges again. I like spicy, but there's a level to it <coughs> where you, you just don't enjoy the it's food anymore. So yeah, I was like, nah, I won't do Shout that. Shout out, Kenty Eats, you know? Yeah. Shout out to you, brother, for finishing <laughs> and liking the spicy. Listen, Javi, this it. was awesome, man. This was awesome. I appreciate the hospitality. I appreciate talking about the food, your background. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to reach a whole new audience for you and help you accomplish a lot of big things here in Charlotte. So, listen, if you guys have not followed QC Hobby, go ahead and do it. You know, follow them on Instagram is the main platform that you use. Yeah, that's my main one. Okay, so follow on Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, I think this is a lot of fun. You know, a lot of fun. So, if you guys are in the Charlotte area, you know, stop by the restaurants. Tacos know. El Nevado. Tacos El Nevado, come by. You know, it's in uh, off of Central Avenue in uh, in Charlotte, and so come support them, support the small local business. And um, brother, this was fun. I appreciate it. Thank and you. Um, you know, we'll see you around. So yeah. appreciate you guys plugging in for episode eight, <laughs> and I hope you guys enjoyed the, the two part uh, episode. Obviously, jamming and then having some food afterwards. And so with that, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys so much. The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.